We also come in prayer, come in on behalf of the world at large, especially the hotbeds of this coronavirus in our nation, New York and other parts of the country, and now New Orleans, other areas that uh, the virus seems to be accelerating. We pray, Lord God, that uh, you would uh, minimize loss of life, that you would come in and mitigate, uh, stand in between, intervene on our behalf, that, 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 that any hurt, harm, or danger might be avoided. We love you, Lord God, for your willingness to, to bring good, even out of traumatic, catastrophic situations, Lord God, Un uncertainty, things that we didn't predict or uh, that would happen, Lord God. We're thankful that you said you can, you, can, you can reverse, in essence, the curse that you came, Lord Jesus, to redeem, to save, to deliver, to set free, to heal. Thank you, Jesus, for your ability to meet all of our needs according to your riches and glory. Allow us not to be anxious or worried, but allow us, Lord God, to seek you with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength in Jesus' name. And the people of God said, amen. Amen. So we're going to, you know, I'm thankful for the pre-recorded worship that just took place. Uh, and, uh, and we're thankful that uh, this is Palm Sunday. You know, it represents a Sunday when, you know, right prior to Jesus' crucifixion. Uh, this is Holy Week, reading up, leading up to Resurrection Sunday. Praise God. Easter Sunday, uh, the celebration of the risen Christ. On this particular Sunday... Uh, Jesus came into the city uh, riding on a beast and the people laid out the palms in front of him and they shouted, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So they exclaimed his messiahship. They didn't quite understand what his true role was in the world, but they, they exclaimed that he was powerful, he was majestic, he was altogether lovely. So this day, we commemorate and celebrate his loveliness, how beautiful he is, his, his, his anointing and his power, and ultimately leading to his becoming the sacrifice for our sins, his paying the ransom, his becoming our sin debt, our sin burden, his taking on our burdens onto himself. And his intervening, his, his mediating, his becoming the mighty counselor and the prince of peace on our behalf. Praise God. So we're thankful for that. I'm thinking that maybe to commemorate the day next Sunday, maybe we'll just, you know, rather than being in our lounge gear uh, or our most casual gear, uh, even at home, let's, let's, let's make it a dress-up dinner. Let's make it a dress-up day. And, you know, you don't have to be suited and booted, but you can wear something that represents, you know, business, casual, like, hey, I'm, 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 I'm getting up, I'm getting ready. I may not be getting out, but I'm getting up and I'm getting ready and I'm commemorating and celebrating Easter Sunday. Praise God. As if I were coming to church. Amen. Let that sanctuary be a, be, a, be a place of worship. Your home be a sanctuary, a place of worship. Now, there's a text in Romans, the 15th chapter. We email out uh, the outlines for every Sunday and there are links uh, I'm thinking that maybe the best place to watch it would be the app or the, uh, or the uh, computer uh, because in some instances Facebook doesn't come up, you know, as, as quickly and can, it can sometimes have glitches. I just want you to be aware of that. And, uh, but we want to turn the, your, your, your attention to the scripture, Romans, uh, the 15th chapter, 
verse 13. It says, may God, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Isn't that good news? He says, listen, God says, I, I want to fill you with all joy. I want to fill you with peace. But in believing, this power, through the power of the Holy Spirit, will abound in giving you hope. Hope is about, you know, a kind of spiritual optimism for the future. A kind of assuredness that's given by God that alleviates fears and doubts and helps us to birth peace and joy in the midst of uncertainty or even difficulty. Praise God. That's the good news of our God. You know, in seasons like this, you know, I can tell you all day long that don't fear, don't, don't be anxious, uh, that I don't care what you put together to try to manage circumstances, they, it won't always work. Amen, somebody. I can tell you prior to this season about pre taking precautions, and we've taken precautions. We got insurance policies. We got, we got uh, uh, security uh, on, our, on, our, on our home, uh, alarm systems and things like that. We make sure that uh, we keep our, try to keep ourselves safe. But ultimately, we are not in control. Did you hear me? Let me, let me reiterate. Ultimately, we are not in control. Amen? We are uh, people who are dependent. You know, sometimes we think, well, if we had the right person in office, things would be different. Uh, if I could just only make sense of this. You know, sometimes we want to make sense of injustices, of inequalities, of unfairness, of criminality. If I could only understand it. Amen? But everything is not to be understood. If I could you know, if I follow the rules, if I, if I play by the rules, then everything would be all right. But, but that's not necessarily the case. We're in the era, unfortunately, with the fall of the curse because of rebellion and rejection. But what Jesus came to do is to redeem us, redeem the time, and redeem us from any curse. So that, in essence, the scripture comes to fruition that says that no weapon fashioned against you will be able to prosper. Amen. But, you know, part of what the scripture does, too, is help us to deal with death, dying, difficulties, uh, dire illnesses. Uh, you know, some of us think that, you know, well, that's somebody, if somebody goes bankrupt, that must be birthed out of irresponsibility. But sometimes it's not their fault. Amen. Financial duress and stress doesn't necessarily have to be your fault. Amen. So sometimes... We, it, it helps us to develop compassion when we go through a down season, we, when we go through uncertainty, when we go through understanding that, 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 that our efforts in some instances become futile. Amen. But God wants us to know that he's given us everything to we need to deal with tragedy. He's given us everything we need to deal with, uh, you know, circumstances and situations that are beyond our control. God wants us to know that he's given us everything we need. Can I get a witness out there? Everything we need in, in situations that we are not in control. But first we have to realize that when we're in a furnace, when we're in a hot spot, when we're in difficulty, when we're in uh, trials and tribulations, that 
that don't try to handle it out of your own rationale, your own mind, your own intellect. We need to go to the Word of God. So, so the first thing I want you to understand, the, the message says, go to the Word of God. Amen. A lot of times when we're having problems, the first thing we do is say, oh, let me see if I can avoid it, bypass it, or maybe minimize it. You know, so some folk will put thoughts in their mind and say, well, it's not that bad. It's not going to be that bad. It can't be that bad. You know, so you try to talk to yourself to avoid or minimize an issue. The next thing people do is deny. Even in uh, how this thing has been recovered, you'll see evidence of avoidance. You'll see evidence of, of denial. And then folk will break out with despair. You know, despair is just really overwhelmed. Amen. But then what God gives us that we must embrace and understand is that he gives us purpose. In every circumstance, he provides purpose. In, in Philippians 4 and 6, it says, do not be anxious. Anxious is uh, another word for worry. Do not be worried about anything. Did you hear me? Underscore that. Anything. But in everything, be by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. That's the good news, praise God. So we have to enter in this place so to recognize and to realize that God is present. So, so, so this is another point. Recognize God's presence. God is in the midst. God, one of the powerful promises that I think we all can relate to now, sometimes when you hear it, when you're not going through anything, it's hard for you to relate. But uh, the Word of God says that Jesus said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. That's good news. Amen. That I'm with you to the, to the, to the end. I'm with you thick, thin, up, down, highs, lows, tragedies, triumphs. I am with you. Matter of fact, I'm with you in such a way where I have vicariously went, gone through what you've gone through. The Word of God says in Isaiah, it says that Jesus was a man acquainted with sorrows. Isn't that something? He's acquainted with death and dying and sickness and illness and the suffering and torment and turmoil and anguish and frustration and agitation and irritation and uh, you know, unmet needs. He, he knows he's acquainted with it. He became flesh. Amen. So that he could teach us how to traverse this territory, how to make it over, make it out, make it into this powerful place that he's trying to land us in. Amen. And uh, so let's figure out how to have a praise party in spite of circumstances, how to have a worship experience, an event occurring in our lives in spite of the circumstances. Praise God. Let's, let's figure out how we can lift Jesus in our homes. Uh, this week we're going to send you some, uh, some worship music and uh, some, some uh, spiritual music uh, linked to Spotify with songs that we've used in our God Encounter retreats. And we're also going to list out those songs. You know, you've got to create an atmosphere in your home, an atmosphere of worship, an atmosphere of praise. If you, if you just constantly dialed into the 24-hour news cycle, you're going to be overwhelmed. You've got to create a different atmosphere in your home so that you can begin to affect your mindset. The Word of God says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Praise God. 
So he wants your mindset changed. He wants you, your heart changed. He wants your emotions healed. He wants your, 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 your psyche in the right place, praise God. So how do we get there? We get that through worship. Psalm 150 says, praise the Lord. Praise God in the sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him in his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him in the trumpet and sound. Praise him with the lute and harp. Praise him with the tambourine and the dance. Praise him with the strings and the pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Isn't that powerful? Let everything and everybody that hath breath. If you have breath, sometimes it's times when I say, like, take the breath test. Just put your hand in front of you and just blow. If you're living, you have breath. The Word of God says, let everything that hath breath. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I hope, I hope you're feeling that. I feel that. The breath that God has given us, the life that God has given us, he's given us the ability to praise, to honor, to glorify, to magnify him. So just lift your voices and praise to our God. You ought to have a celebration right in your home right now. Give God some praise. Just honor him. Thank him. Praise him and lift him up for his glory. Praise God. And then in Romans 8, 26, it says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what to pray. For we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Amen. Now, sometimes, obviously, God says for us to pray without ceasing. And I know in times like this, you're wondering, well, what do I pray? How do I, how do I develop that kind of prayer content? How do I, well, the word says that you don't have to necessarily have all the content, but you can moan and you can groan and you can meditate and you can hear the word, praise God. You can hear those spiritual songs and you can just hum along with it, praise God. Your hum has value. Amen. That's what the scripture said. And then he says that I'm going to intervene through the power of the Spirit, praise God, to even pray on your behalf. That's how good God is. When we are voiceless, he gives us a voice. When we don't think we have anything to say, he speaks on our behalf. When we think we don't have anything to pray, he prays for us. <laughs> That's good news. Amen. That's good news. James 5. 13. Is anyone among you suffering? The word of God says, let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. So basically, if you can't pray, you can sing. If, if you can't pray, you can sing. If you don't have the words to, to just cover the world, if you don't have the words to cover the nation, if you don't have the words to cover certain regions in the country that are these hot spots, if you don't have the words to cover others, you can sing to the glory of Almighty God. And in that singing, he hears and he listens and he even adheres to our requests if we're in him. Amen, somebody. So I want to say that God is so good. He brings the remedy. The remedy is worship. You know, the Savior is the Spirit of Christ. In James 5 and 13, it says, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. 
Amen. In Psalm 55 and 17, even the morning and at noon, I utter my complaint with moan, the word of God says, and he hears my voice. So it talks about praying and moaning and, 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 just, and just humming and, you know, making sounds that indicate I'm, I'm before you, O oh God. It says that I do this and he hears my voice. He hears my, hears my moans. He hears my groans. He hears my whispers. He hears my, my uh, humming, praise God. So I, I just, it's, it's so praying without ceasing is about having God on your mind and having a song in your heart and having a rhythm to God, a connection with God that allows us to engage with him, to engage. Amen. Evening, morning, noon, evening, morning, noon, evening, morning, and noon. And even when we're in our workspace, even when we're in our workspace, praise God, even when we are preoccupied, God has given us the mental capacity to focus our hearts and minds on him, praise God. So, so morning, noon, and evening, really, the key, the key here is consistency. Consistency in prayer, consistency in meditating, studying, pondering, thinking on, reflecting about the things of God through the word of God. Amen. So you get more word in your spirit. You get more, more word in your mind. You start thinking about the word. Then it dispels myths. It dispels fears. It dispels doubts. It gets rid of uncertainties. Praise God. It allows you to move forward and not be paralyzed by this season, doubtful in this season, and unable to even minister and serve others in this season. So we, we get come out of being preoccupied with ourselves and self-centered, and we began to focus on others to the glory of Almighty God. Matthew 6 and 34, it says, Therefore do not be anxious about anything, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So, so, so the word is saying, listen, like right now, some of us have been furloughed, some of us have been laid off, some of us have lost jobs. And, and, and we're so fretful and fearful about tomorrow. The word says, do you have your supply today? Do you have what you need today? Praise God. So, so just take it one day at a time. Yes, do the things to prepare for the future. Do the things to, you know, segue into prosperity and another opportunity. Praise God. However, don't get paralyzed in the moment because of what you don't have. Because you, got, you have what you need today. The word of God says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, or his seed, you know, begging bread. In other words, your needs will be met, but you got to do your due diligence to have your mindset right so you don't miss this moment. Some folk are actually going to prosper in this moment. Some folk are going to get better in this moment. Some folk are going to segue into better opportunities and better jobs in this moment. Some folk are just going to break out in these moments, break out into this place of special spiritual empowerment and and prosperity. So we need to ask God, God, what do you have in store for me? I don't see it right now. I don't understand it right now. But I know you got something in store for me. So I'm not despairing. I become purposeful. Purposeful, that means that I understand this is a test right now. And this is also an opportunity, praise God. So I, I acknowledge him. I'm not overwhelmed. 
when I'm overwhelmed, I'm accepting things as they are, and I, and I paralyze myself where I can't move into God's preferable future for me. I know it's real, but I don't concede to the real because God has a preferable future for me, a better future for me, praise God. I know I can endure it, but I'm not going to endure it in such a way where I'm negative and think, I think yeah, life is so unfair. Amen, somebody. Life, life had never been really that fair. So we have to concede that life isn't built to be, be, go our way all the time. We can't avoid it. See, because if you think you can avoid it, you think you can fix it. Amen? We can't always fix it. But we can be purposeful. And, and purpose allows us to reset. Purpose allows us to reboot. Purpose allows us to get reestablished. Praise God. Purpose allows us to get rid of the negative thoughts of, my, I'm so unfortunate, or I'm a victim, or... You know, this is an interference, an interruption, an agitation, an irritation. Uh, you know, it's just negative. And what happens if you get in that negative place, you're going to look for a culprit. You know, who's responsible? Is China responsible? Is the government responsible? You know, who's responsible? Is, is the governor responsible? You know, and, and that's not the place that God wants us to be. Pointing fingers and shifting blame. He wants us to be in places of peace and joy, and hope, and love, so that we can minister to the world in this season. Amen? And it's not based on how I feel. Amen? How I feel. Because how I feel, your feelings can kind of mislead you. You know, we need to base it on the facts of the faith, on the truth of God, that God has something for us. And he has in store for us a better life, a better day. And he has the power and the ability to care for our souls. That's good news, that God is in charge of soul care. What is the status of your soul right now? Is your soul okay? Amen. Is it well with your soul? That's the most important thing, that God cares for the soul. He's watching over us, praise God. And what he builds in us when we're his children, he builds in us patience. What I need right now? I need some patience. You know, things aren't coming by, I'm not coming by things as easily as I did before. So I need some patience. Amen? What else do I need? I need some wisdom. Praise God. I, I need the wisdom of God so that I don't just re repeat and parrot the wisdom of the world. I need faithfulness in this season. And amen? You know, if you become faithful in this season, it will accrue to your heavenly account like it, none like any other season. So when we're under duress and we're under stress sometimes, that's when we need to be most faithful because now we're passing, passing the test. We're making it through. We're making it over. making it out. And I better understand what my job is, what my job description is in this season. In, in John, uh, third, three, third, three John, uh, the, the second verse, it says, Beloved, I pray that all will go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. So to cover others is part of our responsibility right now. How do we cover others? Being responsible. Amen. You know, it really hurt my heart yesterday. I was out to, you know, just preparing for a moment and getting myself together spiritually. And for today's message, and I saw about 50 young people out playing soccer. I'm like, that's not covering us. Amen. That's not what season win. We're to be cloistered now, kind of like the children of Israel when they went in and they put the blood of the lambs over the doorposts and the lentils to, so that 
this will pass. We have to cover each other in prayer, cover each other in the word, cover each other with encouragement, cover each other right now by exercising best practices. I said, well, somebody asked me, well, the church, it seems like the church is a place of faith that ought to be open. Well, the church is a place of faith, and we're to be responsible, praise God. But however, we're also to adhere to the governmental authorities. And the governmental authorities ask us not to assemble, praise God. So we have to adhere, we have to obey. That's part of our, our being under authority. We ask you to respond by coming under the authority of the church, by coming under the authority of the spiritual, of spiritual leaders, well, we, there are folk we have to conform to, too. There are folk that we have to, have to uh, recognize as authorities, praise God. And God wants us to recognize authority in this season. Amen. Don't express outrage. Amen. Express love and joy and peace. Praise God. Allow God to minister to you in this time. In Colossians 4 and 2, it says, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Now, when you pray, you got to get up off your knees and do something. Be productive in this season. You know, start thinking about how to reposition yourself. Start thinking about how to reinvent yourself. Start preparing yourself to be even more productive in the next season. Amen? I've been getting myself organized. I've been, you know, uh, reading numerous books uh, trying to say, God, make me an expert in this. Just, just, just allow me to be endowed with the spiritual insight to be able to minister to people in this season so that I can lift spirits according to the word of God. If you look at this outline, these outlines are, are, are so, the, the words that God has given me are so relevant. I'm so excited about, you know, what he's giving me in this season. Amen. But I got to do my due diligence in this season. I got to do my part in this season. I got to be watchful. I got to be energetic. Praise God. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 6 and 8, it says, so then, let us not sleep, as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. Amen? For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet of the hope of salvation. So, so this is a season where sobriety is important. You know, I know the liquor stores, they, they appear to be essential. <laughs> and uh, so they're still open. So, you know, this is not the time to be inebriated. This is not the time to be drunk in the day or the night. Amen. This is not the time to be overindulging in anything. Amen, somebody. This is a time to be watchful and prayerful and passionate and prepared and engaged and, you know, energetic and focused, praise God, so that you can see what God is doing and so that you can see the doors that God opens up for opportunities to be advanced on behalf of the kingdom of God. Amen. The word of God says that, that we ought to continually pray. Jeremiah 29 and 11, it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. So God says, my planning process is not just about today. It's not about the stress and strain and difficulty and the change and uncertainty of the day. My planning process is about giving you hope, amen, so that you don't lose hope in this day, and also to make sure your future is secure. 
So my past is redeemed. My present makes sense. And my future is secure because of the power of God in our lives. Praise God. So we're thankful for what God does. In Colossians 3.2, set your minds on things that are above, not on the things that are on the earth. What is that saying? If you just allow your mind to be bombarded with everything that's frivolous and unimportant and, you know, negative and cynical, if we just get caught up in, you know, television and binging and, you know, video games in this season when we got, some of us have more time, some of us are essential personnel and we're working harder than ever, but for those of us that have time, don't waste this time, don't waste this season, amen? Read, study, meditate, pray, get to know some folk, amen? Be engaged with people, have conversations, praise God, bring it back alive, bring back the porch existence, praise God, where we're talking, think, think, look on the things of God, get out there and look at the stars and, and the moon and the sun and the sunrise and the sunset, enjoy God's creation because we see God in it. One of the reasons we don't see God as much as we ought is because we no longer take time to smell the roses. God is calling us to take time, to observe, to look, set our minds on things above to the glory of Almighty God. 1 John 4 and 18, it says, There's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment and Whoever fears has not been perfected in love. So if, 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 if you've got an inordinate amount of fear, you need to figure out how I love. If you've got an unusual uh, amount of fear right now, you need to say, God, you know, liberate me. God, set me free. It's, you know, some things have come to the surface as a result of this season. Amen? So say, God, not, now God has given you a chance to see the fear. God has given you a chance to see the doubt. God has given you a chance to see the uncertainty and to come out of that kind of existence, to come out of a mindset that's not right, a mindset that is off-centered, praise God. You know, even our lives, you know, we take those for granted as if, you know, it's all belonging to me. God is the one that gives you life. And whether you realize it or not, God is the one that facilitates life and our lives are alone to us. They're not our own. Amen? They're not our own. God lends us our lives. And we live those lives for him. Praise God. And guess what? He can call in the loan whenever he gets ready. This always been that way. That just started. He can say, okay, life now is over. Life, new life is now birthed. A new opportunity is now birthed. Eternal life, everlasting life is now kicked in. Praise God. So our lives are not our own. What God has given us is a gift from God. It's a gift. This life is a gift. And he wants us to use our giftedness properly. So he wants us to recognize God's presence. He wants us to pray with the purpose. Number one, recognize God's presence. Number two, pray with the purpose. Number three, become a source and a resource for the kingdom. Become a source and a resource for the kingdom. Amen? You know, in other words, I should become the source for emotional, you know, stability. I should become the source of encouragement, hope, and peace. <clears throat> I 
to come to become the source for emotional and spiritual immunity to this season. You know, you ought to, you ought to, this, this ought to become, you know, like water off a duck's back, back for you, where you're just trusting God for each day, you're taking care of business, and you're not overwhelmed because the power of God is in you. The power of God empowers you. The power of God is alive in you. The power of God is engaged with you. The power of God is strengthening you. The power of God is with you. Emmanuel, God with us. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who has come in the name of the Lord. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. So he gives us emotional stability. He, uh, he gives us immunity from, from corruption of the mind and heart. And he gives us a compass to live by. You know, some folk, they go through war and they come out with, uh, you know, post-traumatic stress. Amen, somebody. That means that there wasn't enough attention to the emotional and psychological health of the person. Amen. You don't have to have PTSD. Amen. You don't have to have post-traumatic stress. Amen. You can, you can believe God for mental and emotional, psychological stability and strength. He can renew your mind, give you peace in the midst of the storm. Did you hear me? Peace in the midst of the storm. So he's came, come to prepare a place for us, and he's come to take care of us, praise God. In, first, in, first John, in Philippians 4.14, yet it was, it was kind of you to share my trouble. In this season, we shouldn't just be traumatized where we can't share in somebody else's trouble, somebody else's trauma. You know, some people that we frequently kind of utilize to do some things for us, you know, we just, we just send them a little extra right now. Send them something. Send them a tip. Send them, send them something. Your barber right now. Your beautician right now. It's time for you to send them a little something. Cash out them something. Amen. If you can afford it in this season, while you can, bless other people. Engage with them. Be a blessing, praise God. Don't just stand on the sidelines and say, I can't do nothing. Yes, you can. You can be a blessing to somebody else. You can, you can be a benefit to somebody else. You can overcome fear and experience grace, peace, love, and joy to the glory of Almighty God. In Acts 17 and 30, it says, In times of ignorance, God overlooked. But now he commands all people everywhere to repent. Amen, somebody. In other words, God, God is saying in this text, you know, I done put up with quite a bit of foolishness. I put up with uh, defiance. I put up with rejection. I put up with uh, speculation about my existence. I put up with uh, doubts and fears and cynicism about the things of God and the people of God, the church of God, the kingdom of God. I put up with all these notions of uh, philosophical notions that try to discount and devalue who I am. He said, listen, it's time to humble yourself and bow down before me. It's time to give me your full self, your full life, your full heart, your full mind. It's time to engage with me, praise God. See that I am here for you and acknowledge who I am. You know, we, we, we repent anyhow, whether there's a problem or trauma or trouble or, or you know, Christians, we repent and confess our sins consistently. Amen, somebody. That's, that's part of what we do. We got to get cleaned up, cleared up, praise God. We got to get fresh starts. The Word of God says he provides us new mercies each and every day. 
But that, that renewal happens by confession of, confessing my sins and repenting of my wrongdoings. I've sinned by thoughts, I've sinned by words, I've sinned by deeds. I need a fresh cleansing from my God just for renewal. So, so if I want my soul cared for properly, I gotta pray. I gotta study the word of God. I gotta have passion for the presence of Almighty God. I gotta engage in understanding that God has a purpose in every, for every season under the sun. Thank you, Jesus. So he's a God of life. He's a God of joy. He's a God of peace. Luke 15, 20. You know, some folk are afraid to repent, afraid to confess. Let me tell you what's going to happen if you confess and repent. It's, you're not going to get beat over the head and, you know, and, uh, you know, in some way just, uh, you know, damaged somehow. No, that's not what's going to happen. In Luke 15, 20, the word of God says, he arose and he came to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. That's what happens when we repent. That's what happens when we confess. The father is elated. The father is excited. The father engages with us. The father hugs us and kisses us. The father, you know, makes provisions for us. He protects us. He blesses us. He, he, he sets up a household of provision for us when we come to him. So this is a season where we come to him again and again and again and again and again. That's what the Christians learn to do. We learn that, you know something? This is not a one-time thing to engage with God. This is not a one-time thing to confess my sins. This is not a one-time thing to repent of, 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 of engaging in something that's unpleasing to the glory of Almighty God. I stay consistent in my repentance. I stay consistent in my confession. I bring myself humbly before my God. And guess what God says? If you humble yourself, you will be exalted. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. That's good news. And then Job 22 and 21, and I'm about ready. It says, uh, 22 and 21, agree with God and be at peace. Thereby God will come to you. Agree with God and be at peace. And thereby God will come to you. Agree with God and be at peace. Agree with God. Amen. Agree with God. You know, too many folk want to argue with the word, want to argue with God, want to debate about the truth, and want to debate about the scriptures, want to debate about the Bible. The word of God says, agree with God. Amen. Say yes. Amen. Your word is true. Don't argue with it. When you began to dispel that tendency to be defiant, to not recognize the authority of God, when you concede and give way and surrender and submit, you know, when you lay yourself before God in a humble fashion and you agree with him, the word of God says peace is established. You want to be at peace? Begin to agree with God. Quit fussing with God. Quit debating with God. Quit arguing with God. Just go ahead and agree with God. Say yes and amen. That's your word. I believe it. That's your word. I, I, I stand on it. That's, the word. That's your word. It settles issues for me. That's your word. You know, and sometimes we, we, uh, we get upset because, yes, I agree, but uh, I don't know if I'm, I can or I'm ready to change. I didn't say change. I said agree. Amen. Agree with God's word. If God says a sin is a sin, agree that it's a sin. Don't try to debate and argue and fuss. It's, it's a sin. So now you've got to grapple with how do God, how do I reverse this? How do I come out of this? And he's the only one that can set you free. And he gives you the things 
the, the tools and, the, and, 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 and he equips you to come out. Amen? You don't come out of circumstances on your own. You don't change your own life. You don't change your own heart. You don't change your own mind. God changes your mind, your heart, your circumstances, your condition, praise God. So we have to confess. Amen? We have to build community. This is important that we're gathered virtually today. Hopefully simultaneously, praise God. The word says, where two or three are gathered in my name, I am in the midst, praise God. So, so and, and then to engage ourselves in preparing ourselves to serve each other. On this day that we celebrate Jesus' triumphal entry, his being the Messiah, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, I ask you to engage with him daily. I ask you to reverence our God and honor him with everything that you have. I ask you to not believe the, the hype of the world. Amen, somebody. To not become a victim or thinking I'm so misfortunate or, uh, you know, thinking that, you know, this is an interference or interruption. Just settle right now into where you are. Move into places of contentment and peace. Allow God to overwhelm you with joy. For the word of God says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Allow God to restore your soul. Allow God to engage you with laughter and joy. Praise God. Allow God to become your source. Amen. Allow God to become your resource. And now he transforms you into a source and resource for somebody else. I become a source of hope for somebody else. I become a source of peace for somebody else. I become a source of uh, encouragement for somebody else. I, I become a source of wisdom for somebody else. I can now teach somebody else how to have patience and peace in this environment. Praise God. So God wants us to become transforming sources for the world in this season. Not to be paralyzed or fearful or cynical or doubtful or despairing or in denial or avoiding or in any way thinking that, that I'm, you know, in, in my own entitlement mindset that I'm somehow uh, exempt from hurt, harm, or danger. God says, I'll be with you. Yes. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. I will be with you. That's the God we serve, who's with us in our ups and in our downs, in our highs and in our lows. A God who brings peace in the midst of the storm. I, I could go on, but I'm going I'm to close it right there. Praise God. Uh, stay tuned. I want to give an invitation. I want to invite folk to also uh, give. Give your tithes and offerings. Be generous in this season. Amen. If, if you're still employed, if you still have some income coming in, whatever that income is, you know, respond to the kingdom and to the directness of our God to give to the glory of Almighty God, to acknowledge this is not mine. It all belongs to God. He's asked for me to respond by giving a portion of it. But it all belongs to him. And in our responsiveness, he brings peace. I really want you to encourage you to build that spiritual library. I remember uh, in a few occasions in my life when things were a little stressful, I just turned up the volume on the spiritual music in my household, in my home. Amen. And in, that, in the midst of those times, those songs and those lyrics and that atmosphere that was created as a result of my home becoming a place of worship. Amen. Peace came over my home, even in 
times of uncertainty. We all have these times in our lives. God says, I will be with you in the midst of the storm. So thank God. Let's give God some praise. Let's give God some praise. Let's give God some praise. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. We're going to prepare to give our tithes and offerings, and I'm just thankful to God for his many blessings, and I want to also invite somebody to make a decision for Jesus. You know, you can contact us at, at info at rejoiceinthelord.org. Info at rejoiceinthelord.org. If you're making a decision for Christ, if you're dedicating or rededicating your life, if you're acknowledging him as the Lord of Lords and King of Kings, if you are just saying, hey, you're first, and I want the world and the church to know that you're first. You can also get connected with the church. Maybe somebody doesn't have a church family. You can connect virtually. Just info at rejoicingthelord.org. Say, I want to be a member. I want to get connected. I want to get connected with this church family, this fold, this body, this, this fellowship of believers, the community of the redeemed. Praise God. So I invite you to get connected today. Make that happen to the glory of Almighty God. Don't put this off. Don't delay. That's part of faithfulness. Faithfulness is one of our points today. Faithfulness. That God gives us the ability to be patient. That God endows us with wisdom. And God empowers us to be faithful. So part of our faithfulness is to connect with the body of Christ. With Jesus Christ as the head. Make that connection. We're going to read a scripture uh, for... Uh, for our giving. Amen, somebody. Okay. Let's read it together. On the first day of every week, set aside some of what you have earned and give it as an offering. The amount depends on how much the Lord has helped you earn. So it says that we should give weekly based on how God has blessed us. Amen? And then the giver's creed, together, when I tithe at least 10% of my income, I'm obeying God's word and investing in his mission through my local church. When I'm willing to give my offering, I am expressing gratitude to God for all that he's given me, and I recognize him as my primary source. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. Giving to God is a privilege to invest in eternal matters and a visible manifestation of my stewardship. Amen. When I sow generously, I can expect to reap generously. 